start. If you if you got that piece of paper, by the way, I hope that that everybody got that. Um, that's that's sitting with you right now. You're going to need it here in in just a minute. Just so you know. So there's kind of your last your last um, warning, if you will. But uh, you know there are. Uh, there are discussion questions, by the way, if you're following along on the Bible app. There are some discussion questions that are there uh, that, that you can use maybe later um, after this just to, uh, just to let you know. Um, if you are on the Bible app, you can jump on there, look for Connect Church, and, uh, and you can look for us and follow along with us there. Um, there, are, uh, you know, there are plenty of, of things that are awkward about this right now. I just, I just want to kind of acknowledge that, um, that I am preaching to an empty room, and this is weird, and I don't like it. I'm going to be honest with you. I really don't like it. I mean, the, the band has torn down. I sent them home, and, and they have, well, they're on their way home at least. They're, uh, they're still unplugging and all of that, um, but, you know, because we want to adhere to, to all the things, and safety is, is everybody's, uh, or at least my priority with everybody, and so, you know, we're, um, we're kind of doing this whole empty room thing, and, and I really don't like it. Um, it's strange. Uh, I miss you all. I miss being able to see faces. Preaching to empty chairs is not something that, that I like doing um, very often. And it's, uh, it's kind of hard to get used to, and there's a part of me that doesn't want to get used to it. Um, but you know, the mission never stops. The mission never stops, and the church is, is not going to stop. And church is never canceled because the church is more than a building. The church is way more than a building. And, you know, the reason that people are gone from here is for their protection. Um, that's the reason that, that we're not joining together. But, you know, I can't help but think as I, as I look at this empty room, I can't help but think about the fact that without Jesus, this is really how we would all feel. This is how we would all feel um, in terms of our relationship with God, that we're just in a big empty room. Because what Jesus did, his, his work on the cross, um, it, it really, his resurrection from the grave is what bridged that gap between us and God. His work on the cross is what removed all of those things that stand in the way between us and God. And his resurrection, him being gone from the grave, actually brought us closer together. And we are going to be talking about those things as we start this, uh, this series that, that is Easter. Uh, this series that, that I'm starting today uh, is really about Easter in, in many ways because the, the idea of Jesus being alive, that because he lives, these things that stand in the way between us and God are gone. Jesus came to remove that divide uh, that, that stands there, that stands between his greatest creation, his masterpiece, you and me, and he came and, and removed all of those things. Because he is alive, those things are gone. And so I do want to start off, as I mentioned this morning, with a bit of fun. And I want to, you know, kind of bring the family in because I know that there's some kids sitting, uh, sitting there watching. And that sometimes this cannot be as uh, maybe fun for them. I get that. So I thought we would start off with a little bit of fun that has to do, honestly, with exactly what we're talking about. And so I'm going to bring up uh, Jordan Lacey, who is our... Uh, social media person. She is actually our marketing and communications uh, specialist. Um, but if you follow us on social uh, in any of those areas, Facebook, Instagram, our YouTube, all of that stuff, um, it's, you know, th this, is, this is really her, 
her thing, and, uh, and I'm so thankful uh, that we have her as part of the team. And so I thought I'd bring her up, number one, because she's usually behind the camera and, and behind all the pictures and stuff that you see. So you can kind of see her face and see who, who it is that gets to, uh, you know, help be a part of, of us ministering to people um, throughout the entire week. She, she really steamrolls that uh, in, in so many ways, and she's amazing at what she does. But I thought I'd bring her up for this little quiz that we're going to do. Now, she, you have not seen these questions, correct? That is correct. She, I have not seen these questions. This, this has not been pre-staged or whatever. The only thing I told her was that I was going to bring her up and that she was going to have to answer some questions. And so we're going to do a little true-false quiz here. And, uh, and these are interesting questions, but I want you to keep score at your house. Keep score with everybody that's there. See who does the best within the room of where you're at. And also, I want to know if there's anybody that gets all of these right. And I, boy, I'm, I, that's going to be hard-pressed if somebody gets all of these right. But if you do, honor system, okay, you're, you're going to be lying to a church if you don't get, if, if, if you tell us you got them all right and you didn't get them all right. If you get them all right, comment on our Facebook or Instagram or, or one of those and send us, send us a message. Let us know that you got them all right. We'll put those names into a drawing and give away something this week. I don't know. We'll figure we'll out figure what that is. Out. Something good. Um, something great. So if everybody's ready, there are only two answers for this, true or false, um, or false or true. So here's the first question. Write these down, true or false, JL. During your lifetime, you'll eat about 100,000 pounds of food during your lifetime. True or false? Oh, man. Is that before or after the stay-at-home order? Because I feel like it changes. Uh, yeah, let's say before. Okay. That's, um, a, good, that's a good point. 100,000 pounds. 100,000 pounds in the, in, in the course of your lifetime, on um, average. I'd say that's true. That's, you think that's that true? That sounds about right. All right, that is, that is actually false. Okay, well, I That's actually lost. false. It's closer to 60,000 pounds <laughs> of food, which is about the weight of six elephants. So, so that one is false. So if you're keeping score at home and you got that one wrong, you're already done. No. <laughs> okay, next one. A cockroach can live for nine days after their head has been cut off. A cockroach can live for nine days after their head has been cut off. True or false? I feel like every zombie movie has told us that they can live forever. <laughs> so I, I'm already out, so I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go true. It sounds about right. You're gonna go true. Yeah. Yeah, true. that is true. That is true, Beautiful. that a cockroach can live for nine days after their head has been cut off. Um, and probably longer if they ate a Twinkie beforehand. Yes. Um, so, okay, the next, next one. A sneeze travels out of your mouth at over 100 miles per hour. This one's pretty pertinent right now. I think, yeah. I think people would probably um, know this. A sneeze travels out of your mouth at over 100 miles per hour. See, I feel like I've heard this before, that, okay. it, that it is a fact. I don't know if it's 100 miles per hour. Um, I will, maybe after, after church. Over we'll 100 miles an hour. Over 100 miles an hour. Yeah. <sighs> Man, I don't know if anybody can hard. exactly measure what we'll it is. We'll have to do a speedometer um, with uh, Officer Gorham when, when we're back. For sure. Um, I would say true. That's, I mean, it's, there's it a lot is of true. Force. It is true. Awesome. I'm doing Sneezes great. are fast. All right, next one. California has four times more counties than Texas. California has four times more counties than Texas. I have family in California and Texas. What is so the basis of a county? Is that, <laughs> why, who decides? Well, we're in Summit County right okay, now. You know so, what counties are. But, uh, California has more? Has four times more, four times more than Texas. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with false. It is false. Nice. The opposite nice. is actually true. Thank you, Kevin. Betty. The opposite is true. 
All right, hmm. when glass breaks, the cracks move faster than 3,000 miles an hour. 3,000 miles? 3,000, faster when now glass fast, breaks. That's like six times as fast as an airplane. So that's pretty fast. <laughs> okay. Uh, six times, or ugh. I'm gonna, I don't know. I'm gonna just say true. It is true. Look at that. It is true. Beautiful. All right, uh, only a couple left. Uh, slugs have four noses. I think that's true. I'm pretty confident on that. <laughs> really? But it's, it's probably You've, like false. studied slugs? No, I feel like I, I've read that before. Maybe, maybe they have five, but I know that they have like more than one. Slugs have four noses. True. It is true. I knew it. It is true. All right. Uh, mosquitoes have teeth. That's, true or false? Mm, mm, I feel like probably not because it's more like a straw than teeth. You know? Yeah. I don't know anything about bugs. I, I'm not an insectologist. It, okay, so what's your <laughs> final answer? Mosquitoes false, have teeth. False. It is true. Really? It is true. Mosquitoes have wow. teeth. Um, 47 teeth. 47. To be exact, yeah. That's terrifying. Um, exactly. <laughs> uh, okay, babies are born without kneecaps. That is true, 100%. I know that one. Yeah? Yes, because I remember when uh, your youngest, Wilson, was born, and I thought it was weird that he didn't have kneecaps. <laughs> yes, that is true. Babies are born without kneecaps. The cartilage over their knee joints doesn't turn to bone until around the age of two. That's very creepy. All right. Have you kept track of how you've done on this? Um, I think I missed the first one. I was going to keep track, but then... I well, you got the first one wrong, so it just didn't matter. No, right? it's fine. Lauren's keeping track. She's right. got me. I've missed two. She's missed two? Yes. All right, thanks, Lauren. doing really well. Very All well. right, bonus question. Okay. Bonus question. True or false, the two best colors, other than Connect Church, orange and gray, are scarlet and gray. That is absolutely true. That is 100% true. 100% true. true. No that is 100% true. Yep. Sorry, Pastor Randy. Scarlet and gray. The two best colors. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, JL. I Social hope you distancing. Did, right. <laughs> yes. I hope you all did well at home um, with that. Now, why would we do that? Why would we talk through some of those? Why would we talk through some of those questions? Well, to be honest, a lot of those facts in that quiz, a lot of the things in there fall into the category of really? Like, really? That's true? Like, she had no idea that mosquitoes had teeth. I, I honestly didn't know that either and, until I looked some of these up. And a lot of those fall into that like realm of hard to believe. Like, um, like boy, I, I, I really didn't know that. Um, really? I'm, I'm really surprised that, that that's actually a thing. Um, and you know, when it, when it comes to those kinds of things, what we're going to be talking about today, the topic that we're going to be looking at today, I believe falls into the same kind of category as some of these questions. And it has to do with Jesus' gospel message, and really it relates to something that we're all feeling uh, in some ways right now. And that has to do with fear. That has to do with fear. There are a lot of people that are feeling afraid in various ways, uh, in various levels of that. And so I want to start off with this statement here, and that is this, is that God's peace conquers fear. God's peace conquers fear. And so you hear that statement. You hear that statement, and, and you probably think something along the lines of, what I said after these questions were done, which is you're kind of going, really? Really? I, I get that. That sounds great, Jay. That, that sounds awesome. Um, and, and yeah, that's definitely something that, that I need to look at. But, you know, there are a lot of people that, that are scared to, 
to even go out. There are a lot of people that are scared about what's going to happen because maybe they, maybe they work in an essential place of business or somebody that I talked to at the grocery store uh, a week or so ago who, who was just scared. She was scared to, to go to work because she didn't know what was gonna happen and she didn't know if she was gonna get sick and she didn't wanna get sick and, and, and take that home. And, and so you're dealing with the fear and the stress of that. Um, and, and so she asked me this question. She said, you know, as a believer, because in the course of our conversation there for a few seconds as I was checking out, she said, as, as a believer, what, what do you do with this? What, what do you do about that? How, how, do, how do we handle that? Because you're like, okay, Jay, that, that's great. God's, God's peace um, conquers our fear. But, um, but, you know, I don't have a job now. I got laid off. I, uh, I, I don't want to get sick. I can't have peace because I'm at home with my kids all day and peace just doesn't exist in our home right now. Um, and anything in between. Let me just start with this. Take a breath. Take a breath. Breathe for just a second. And let the peace of God just come over you for just a minute. Believe me when I tell you this, you have been prayed over this morning. Everyone that is watching right now you have been prayed over. And so I want to start with a verse that I hope is encouraging to you. If you do have your Bibles, the Bible app, and you're following along, Philippians chapter 4 is where we're going to be this morning. In Philippians in chapter 4, and if you were able to, to join us for, for a live video I did earlier in the week, uh, I, I talked about this verse. And I want to reiterate some of the points of it for just a, a quick second as, as we really get into the talk this morning. And it says this, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And so we look at that verse and we look at what we can learn from that verse because at the very beginning of it, it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And so if we're looking for a formula about how to handle maybe the anxiety and the stress and, and some of those things that we're feeling, whether it comes to the things dealing with the COVID-19 and, and your current life situation, or even with other things moving forward, you know, it, it gives us a, a really good blueprint here. Pray about everything, tell God what you need, and thank him for all that he's done. And so the formula is this, prayer plus gratitude equals God's peace. Prayer plus gratitude equals God's peace. And so we kind of go back to that, really? Because let's just call it what it is. Let's just, let's just call the objection out right there. You say, Jay, I, I get that idea. I get it, but it's not that easy. It's not that easy. That, that sounds great, but it's not that easy. And, and you know what? I understand that. I understand that perspective. I really do. But so did the early church. So did the early church. The early church had every reason in the world to be panicking. Every reason in the world to be panicking. More reasons than we have, quite frankly, in the United States right now. Every reason in the world to be panicking. They had to meet in secret. They were running for their lives. But they took this same approach. They took the same approach. And Paul, who wrote this passage in Philippians, he wrote this from prison, and he learned this, this idea, he learned this mentality, he learned this spiritual way of dealing with all of this from the early church. 
And, and let me show you a passage that he actually learned it from. It's in the book of Acts, chapter 2, beginning in verse 42. Now, this is right after Jesus had risen from the grave. He had ascended. Um, he, he gave the charge. He, great, he gave the great commission. He told them in Acts 1-8 that you'll be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. He said that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And, and, and so he gives, the, he gives them this charge. And then he ascends to heaven. And the angels actually that are, that are, that are there, standing, they look at the church and, and they tell them, why are you just standing here staring? More or less, they said, you've got work to do. You've got stuff to do. And so here's what happens. You go into the next chapter, in Acts chapter two, and, and listen to how they are dealing with this, beginning in verse 42. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in their temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. See, they made it work and they thrived. As I said, they had every reason in the world to be panicking. If you read the chapter before and you even read what what comes after that, this group of people, these people, the first church, had every reason in the world to be panicking. But let me say this, and it's our next point here is that the church doesn't panic. We persevere and believe. The church doesn't panic. We persevere and we believe. Why? Why? Because we trust God to provide. And it says that he did that for them and that the church actually grew. The church actually grew in the midst of this. It's amazing. We're seeing that as well here. Many of you that are watching right here, right now, today, might be new We've, statistically speaking, we've got a, a lot of new people that are joining us online, and that is awesome. We are so thankful that you are joining us, and you are more than welcome. And, and when we come back uh, and, and we're able to gather together in person, I hope that you're able to, to meet with us here in person. You're able to join us here. And if you live out of state, guess what? You can still join in online. And maybe when you come into town, eventually you can, you can come and visit us here. That would be awesome. But, but you know, the, the great thing that we are seeing is that we've got a lot of people that this, this pandemic, this issue, a lot of people are being pushed to God and that the church is actually thriving in the middle of, of a time when a lot of other things and a lot of other people and organizations and places are actually on, on the downturn. That the church is actually the brightest light in the dark and it's amazing and I'll tell you why, because the church doesn't panic. The church doesn't panic. We persevere and we believe. If you look up the definition of the word persevere, it's to, it says this, to continue in a course of action even in the face of difficulty or with little or no prospect of success. Continue in a course of action even in the face of difficulty with little or no prospect of success. Now, that definition is by the world's standards, by the way. See, we live by God's. We live by God's standards. 
And we choose to stay the course. We choose to believe. I hope you are choosing to believe and stay the course because we trust our Heavenly Father who is in control, as we've talked about every single week. And we will continue to talk about that because Scripture lays it out very clearly here when when it comes to belief in Jesus. Belief is really at the core of the message of salvation. It's at the very core of it. And I think it's important that we spend a just a second here discussing believing, discussing discussing what believing really means because belief in the original language that it's used in the New Testament in this particular place, it's it's a Greek word and a a Greek word actually uh, has has a much bigger connotation than just uh, like intellectual agreement or just like understanding this or understanding that. It has actually much more to do with trusting in and depending on completely, relying on God. And so belief equals trust. That's the, next, that's the next one here. Belief equals trust. And so let's talk about trust. Let's talk about trust because the disciples actually came to Jesus and they were a little concerned because Jesus was sending them out and he was sending them out in, in groups of two and he said, take nothing with you. You're gonna be fine. And they were a little concerned about this because he was sending them out to reach people. He was sending them out to accomplish the mission. And here's what he says to them in Matthew chapter six. In Matthew chapter six, verse 25, he says, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? See, Jesus spoke to this idea of worry and anxiety. And this verse, especially right now, boy, how timely. How timely is this? Max Lucado said this. He said, the presence of anxiety is unavoidable, but the prison of anxiety is optional. Think about that for a second. The presence of anxiety is unavoidable. There's nothing we can do about that. We are going to have anxiety. We are going to have stress. There are going to be things in this world, things in this life that give us stress and anxiety, but the prison of anxiety is optional. Now, that doesn't mean that you can just flip a switch or wish it away or anything along those lines, or that, or that it's just a mindset. Um, that's not at all what I'm, what I'm talking about here because anxiety is going to be there. And I fully understand that some people struggle in, in this area more than others. I get that. I totally get that, that, the, that there is, a, there is an, an, an aspect of this that's, that's way beyond just uh, in, intellectual. There's some people that really struggle big time in this area. But we can battle against the prison of that. We can battle against that through the power of the Holy Spirit. We can go to battle knowing that we've got the power of the Holy Spirit behind us. And so how do we battle? Well, we talked about that a little bit with prayer plus gratitude equals God's peace, right? That's part of, that's part of your, uh, that, that's part of the, the battle. That's part of fighting is fighting in that way. And see the gratitude part, the gratitude part, this thankfulness this unwavering 
confidence that God is able and willing to do what is best for his children. That's what he's talking about in that passage in Matthew. And so we have to make the choice. We must make the choice to trust. We must make the choice to trust. We believe and we trust in the promises of Jesus because you matter to him. You matter to Jesus. And so we need to make the decision and the choice to trust him. A few verses later uh, in, from that passage in Matthew, in, in, in verse 32, Jesus says, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything that you need. See, Jesus is talking about this. He, he knows. He knows. So what does that look like? How do, we, how do we unlock this prison of anxiety and worry? Well, Paul gets into that as well in Philippians chapter 4. If you go down to verse 8, look at what he's talking about here. He says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. See, these are great steps in the process. These are great steps in the process, but it really begins back in verse 6 that, that allows us to get to this place. See, we start in verse 6, and that allows us to get to this place where we're fixing our thoughts on these things becomes much easier because we are fixing our thoughts on things that are above and fixing our thoughts on our Heavenly Father. And, and, and so that helps us deal with the fear and anxiety and, and uncertainty. So where does that start? Well, it starts with what, what I'm going to refer to as a trust fall. Maybe you've heard of that uh, before. Maybe you've heard of the idea of a trust fall. If you don't know what a trust fall is, um, essentially, it's, it's really kind of funny. You could look up some videos on YouTube. Don't do it right now. Um, but you could look it up and, and you could see people that just walk up to somebody and they'll just say, trust fall, and they'll just turn around and, and fall right at them and hope, that, and hope that the person that they're falling toward catches them. Um, and, it, and it's really kind of funny to do that, but, but it's interesting because if you trust the person, you'd be willing to do that. And there's been examples that I've seen and I've done of somebody standing on a ladder and you get some people behind you um, and, and you fall with your back to those people and you can't really tell if they're going to catch you or not. Uh, I've, I've done that before as an illustration and, and it makes a lot of sense uh, to do that. But you know, the, the kind of trust fall that, that I'm talking about is not, is, is not that. Because that kind of trust fall, you're trusting in the people that are behind you, and you're trusting in people that are close to you. And there are definitely people in, in your life, hopefully, that you can trust in that way, shape, or form. But the kind of trust fall that I'm talking about is the kind of trust fall that has much more to do with putting our trust in our Heavenly Father. And so I want to ask you to do something right now where you're at, if you're able. I know this is weird. Stand up. I know you've probably been sitting for a while. So you've probably been sitting for a while. So stand up if you, if you can and if you're able to do this. Don't worry, I'm not going to have you fall like flat on your face or something like that in, in your living room. So please don't do that. Um, this is a much different kind of trust fall. This is the kind of trust fall that has to do with the posture of our heart and the posture of our surrender to our Lord. And it's a very simple trust fall that I hope you've done before. 
but makes so much sense right now. And that's a trust fall like this to our knees. And so if you're able, where you're at right now, I hope that you will take this posture of a trust fall to your knees because the place we all need to start is in a posture of prayer and in a heart posture of prayer. This makes so much sense right now in this time that we're living. If you are freaking out, if you are stressed, if you are full of anxiety, I, I would just implore you and almost beg you to start in this place on your knees in a posture of prayer and a posture of surrender to our Heavenly Father. And I hope that you'll remember this moment and this posture of, of surrender to the Lord when the enemy tries to put into your mind, tries to put into your brain the things that could stress you out and the worries and the problems to begin the battle right here, to begin the battle against the enemy and to begin the battle against yourself in many ways on your knees, fighting from a position of prayer and then from here, a position of gratitude to the Lord for all that he's given you and to be able to focus your mind and your thoughts on all the things that are pure and lovely and true and admirable and all of those things that are listed in Philippians 4. This is a place that we need to start. We need to start right there. We need to start right there and we need to trust fall to our knees. We need to trust fall to our knees. And, and as it says, the Holy Spirit will guide and direct your thoughts and the God of peace will be with you. And so you can, you can stand up and, and go back to, to where you were sitting. And we are gonna pray together here in just a moment. But I hope that this is a moment that by, by actually physically doing this, that, that these times that get stressful will be a reminder for you. Now, you, you may be wondering and you may be thinking like, okay, Jay, what does this have to do with Easter? Because I thought we were starting an Easter series today. <laughs> and you're right, we are. And I'll tell you exactly what this has to do with it because the things that we have read in Scripture today, the things that we have read about the early church, the things that we have read from Paul in Philippians, these things were written after Jesus rose from the grave. These things were written after he rose from the grave, after his ascension to heaven. His followers were so radically changed, they were so radically changed and empowered to face the persecution and the uncertainty of this life because Jesus is alive and because he lives. They were so empowered. You know, one of the best evidence for the resurrection is the changed lives of the disciples, of the apostles that followed Jesus and for the other disciples that were around that saw him, that lived with him and, and walked with him. That evidence, the bold life that they had those that were closest to him after he rose from the grave, they were more determined than ever. They were more determined from ever. So if this was a hoax, if Jesus didn't really rise from the grave, would you die for a lie? Because these guys, their lives were radically transformed and, and nearly all of them were martyred for their faith in ways that are not fun. Uh, not that any way of being martyred is fun, but man, there are some really like gross and disgusting ways that these guys were that their lives were taken because they were followers of Jesus, but they believed in it so much and they were empowered so much that they knew that the lives that could be changed for eternity 
because Jesus is alive, were much more important than anything else. The church is more than a building. No, we cannot come together right now because, of the, because we want to um, be safe for everybody. And so we're not going to do that. But you know what? The church is more than a building, always has been. And in this time, we are seeing how much, how, how important that it really is. And for God's people to get their heads around this idea, boy, can, can make such an amazing difference in the world that we live in right now. These are the times, listen to me, these are the times that we were built for. These are the times that the church was built for. Seasons just like this where we can be the church and we can, we can be empowered, we can inspire and we can love people and we can make a difference for the kingdom of God in ways that nobody else can. Jesus created the church to thrive in these times. You know what I love? That right now on social media, right now a place, social media, let's be honest, it's a place that's used a whole lot for negative. There is a ton of negative on there and most of the time if you want to get depressed or you want to get ticked off you'll watch the news or you'll flip through your facebook feed and both of those things can be accomplished but you know what's happening right now this very minute social media news feeds are full of churches full of churches going live right now preaching the gospel of jesus worshiping god all throughout social media something that that gets used for negative so many times is being used for good right now how amazing is that 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. A new birth, a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus. Why? Why can we be confident? Why do we not panic? Why can we not fear? Because Jesus is alive, that's why. Because he lives and we fall to our knees in a posture of surrender and trust. When the whole rest of the world is falling to their knees in panic and freaking out, the church of Jesus is falling to our knees in a place of surrender and trust because we know that we can put our full faith and trust in the one who is really in control. And so our connection point for the day is this. Because he lives, fear is gone. Because he lives, fear is gone. If you are feeling anxious, if you are feeling scared, if you are feeling fearful, it's time to trust fall. It's time to trust fall to your knees. Fear and anxiety, it's one of those things that mentally Think about this for a second. Mentally keep the stone in place that was in front of the tomb. We, we mentally keep the stone in place because we forget that Jesus rolled away the stone and we choose not to tap into the resurrection power of Jesus. It's not our power. We can't roll that stone away. You don't have the power to roll that stone away of fear and anxiety. You don't have the power Jesus does. He's the one that had the power to roll that stone away. He's the one that has the power to, to take your fears and your anxieties and, and have them subside and have them, be pushed, have them be pushed away because the presence of God's peace fills, fills that space. It's not our power, it's his. 
Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, the body of Christ, since as members of one body, we were called to peace and be thankful. This is Paul talking about the exact same idea. As one body, we were called to peace and be thankful. We have so much to be thankful for and nothing more should we be thankful for than salvation that we have through Jesus Christ. That free gift of eternal life that we have, that you can have. And if you're not 100% sure right now where you're at, wherever you're watching, listening from, if you're not 100% sure that if something were to happen to you today, that if you were to die right now, that you weren't gonna spend eternity in heaven with Jesus, Boy, do I have the best news for you because that's the reason that the stone is gone. That's the reason that he rolled the stone away so that we can know for 100% sure that we'll be in heaven with him. It's a free gift. It's a free gift that you can accept right where you're at because God created you. He created you and he wants a relationship with you. He doesn't want religion. He doesn't want to give you rules. That's not what he's talking about. He does want to give us guidelines for how we should live. But this is freedom. This is freedom. This is peace. This is trust. This is surrender and a power that's bigger than you. Because our sin is what separates us from God. That separation that's there that I've talked about at the beginning of the message today. I talked about the things that separate us from God. That's sin. Those are the things that we do that that disobey God and, and the things that we do that miss the mark. And there's nothing that we can do to be good enough to, to push that stuff aside. There's nothing we can do to earn or deserve our place in heaven. To be with the perfect God of the universe who gave everything for us. He gave everything for you and for me. And so if you want to put your full faith and trust in him right now and accept that free gift, you don't have to know everything. You don't have to be a theologian or a scholar. In fact, it's probably better that you start from a place of humility and saying, God, I don't understand everything. I don't know everything. But I do know that I need a savior and I do know that I can't save myself. And so if that's you, I want to invite you right now to bow your head and to bow with me right now as we pray. Father, I love you and I praise you, Lord, and I thank you so much that we can have peace. God, I thank you that you can give us that peace in the middle of troubled times. And Lord, I pray that if there is one watching right now that doesn't know you as Savior, God, that they've never put their full faith and trust in you, I pray that right now they would cry out to you and say something along the lines of, God, I know I'm a sinner, I know I can't save myself. I pray that you would come into my life and be my savior. I accept your free gift of eternal life. Put my faith and trust in you. And Lord, I pray that that, that would happen right now all across those that are watching. I pray that your Holy Spirit would move in a mighty way, God. And Lord, I pray that for the rest of us, God, I pray that you would maybe calm us down, that you would remind us that we don't have to fear. God, you, you alone are worthy of the honor, glory, and praise, and you are in control. And you have overcome every storm and every problem, and you will continue to. 
So God, I pray for those that are sick right now. I pray for those that, that need healing. God, I pray that you would heal them. I pray for our country, God, that, that you would heal our country. Lord, that you would, if it be your will, that you would take this sickness and God, that you would, you would just push it aside, not just for our country, but throughout the world. God, that this would be something that, that, that would just go away sooner rather than later. God, if that be your will, I know you have the power to do that. And so we trust you and we surrender to you. And, and God, we pray that you would move in a mighty and powerful way. God, I pray for our leaders. I pray that, that you would give them wisdom as they uh, make decisions, Lord. I pray that you would just continue to strengthen the church, the global church, Lord, the body of Christ. God, because the church doesn't panic because we know that you are in control. God, show us how we can partner with those around us, how we can reach out and love people that are around us, uh, even in the midst of, of all of this social distancing and everything. God, I pray that you would still give us opportunities. Calm our fears, Lord. Fill us with your hope, your joy, your peace, as we trust in you. Lord, help us to start from a trust fall to our knees as we pray and continue to draw closer to you, God. Pray that you would use Use this to, to pave the way, God, for spiritual revival, not only in this country, but throughout the world. We want your honor and glory and your power to be on display. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, if you want to know more information about, uh, about knowing Jesus and putting your full faith and trust in Jesus. We've got a spot on our website. If you're watching on our website, you can just scroll down a little bit and there's a place that says next steps. Or you can go to connectchurch.xyz slash next and you can find out more there. And you can read more there. Um, maybe it, it didn't fully totally make sense and that's okay. Read more there. You could reach out to us with the form there. If you did put your full faith and trust in Jesus, if you made that decision, uh, and, and you accepted the free gift of eternal life today, I, I really hope that you'll reach out to us through the form that's on there and just let us know so that we can celebrate with you. Thank you so much for joining us today for, uh, for Connect Church Online. We will see you next Sunday. Have a great week. 